Welcome to IB Talk, the leading podcast for the insurance industry across Australia, New Zealand, and throughout the Asia Pacific region. Brought to you by Insurance Business. Hello and welcome back to IB Talk. I'm Danny Wood, News Editor of Insurance Business Australia. The Insurance Council of Australia has just released a stronger New South Wales, its policy document for the upcoming state election. The ICA is calling for the next state government to drop the emergency services levy to bring down home insurance and also has eight other policy recommendations. Andrew Hall, the ICA's CEO, is here to talk about this. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Danny. How are you going? Yeah, pretty good. Now, one of your proposals is cutting this emergency services levy. I understand other mainland states have already dropped this. Why target this levy in particular? Well, in New South Wales, uh, consumers are slugged with a levy on top of their insurance uh, policies. And uh, we think it's it's patently unfair. It's a, it's a levy that introduces moral hazard because only people with insurance policies are paying for emergency services. But we, of course, know emergency services respond to everybody. So it really should be um, reconsidered. There is a fairer way to raise this revenue other than targeting people who take out their own private insurance policy. And how much could this potentially cut off people's home insurance? Well, currently, uh, and it depends every year because the levy goes up and down, but it's around about 18% of your uh, home and contents policy is um, uh, reflected in the levy. Uh, On top of that, you will also be paying a stamp duty. You're also paying uh, then GST to the federal government, which, of course, also comes back to the states. So uh, ultimately in New South Wales, in in some policies, we're seeing at least a third uh, of the premium is going in taxes that eventually end up with the state government. This levy does contribute to fire and emergency services in New South Wales. Won't that just leave them with a funding gap? Well, they need to be funded. There's no question of that. It's just that when you look at other states... All around Australia and the territories as well, they have all found a fairer way to raise that revenue than slug insurance premiums directly. It's the case in New South Wales that a large company, a large supermarket that chooses to self-insure, they pay nothing in the emergency services levy and yet the fire brigade will still turn up to help them. Uh, I think this policy particularly is bad for people who live in, in risky areas. If you live in an area that's prone to bushfires, like in areas around the Blue Mountains, the Northern Rivers on the Central Coast and the South Coast of New South Wales, you're more likely to be paying more for the emergency services levy because your insurance premiums will be higher. I think that, that this is uh, unfair. I think it's the sort of thing that should be a broad-based tax. And really, it's up to the next government to try to think about what those options are. But given the fact that every other state has done it, it's high time New South Wales got on with the job of reform. Mm, Another thing you're calling for is preventing the development of new homes in high-risk areas by reviewing land use planning arrangements based on water catchments. You've been calling for changes to planning laws like this for some time, haven't you? Has there there been any movement from New South Wales councils after the, the recent floods we've had? Well, we are seeing movement now on a national level, which is very much welcomed. Uh, It was put on the agenda of National Cabinet at the end of last year. Uh, New South Wales uh, was given the task to lead the discussion. And I think once we're through the state election, 
we look forward to trying to work with uh, whoever forms government in New South Wales to help lead that discussion. Uh, I think it's um, a very easy statement to make, no more development on floodplains. Uh, but what it actually means is some, can be something entirely different. And uh, uh, insurers stand ready to, to work with governments, particularly on the peril data that, that, that we have, um, to be able to help them identify where some of these risky areas that simply should not be developed for residential. You also mentioned removing what you call unfair insurance requirements from government contracts. What are those exactly? We often see um, community events, um, things that take place on, on Crown or public lands and the like, uh, are often subject these days to requirements around public liability insurance. Sometimes those requirements uh, are, are more excessive than they need to be, way out of tune for what the size and, and the risk or the, the issues with the event may, may in fact um, present. So we think that rather than taking this, this rather extreme level of caution, we've seen some councils, for example, requiring publicly used jetties to have $20 million worth of public liability. I mean, these sorts of mm. levels of cover are simply you know, excessive. They're not required. And, and what they're doing is they're making it unaffordable for often a lot of community facilities and community events to continue. Mm. So, so, so I mean, what do you see happening there? Would the government just say this is unfair or are you going to be setting some kind of reasonable levels for all this stuff? Well, I mean, I think this is a, a, an area where we could work um, uh, with local governments where we could, uh, you know, look at the data, the underwriting risks um, that are in these um, types of events or, or facilities uh, and get a more realistic idea around um, what the true nature uh, of, of the costs are if something was, was to go wrong. Uh, and I think maybe then you can bring in a level of, of discretion around requirements in some of these um, you know, areas, some of these contracts um, that are being issued, particularly at the local government level, um, where perhaps it's not 20 million, it may be just five or, or 10 million that, that's required to cover. Your document even talks about electric cars and you want the, the state government to accelerate the transition to electric vehicles by ensuring homes are EV ready and also address the skills shortage that we have in terms of who can repair these cars. Um, I'm sure lots of people in New South Wales will, will like this step into electric cars, but what can the state government do there? Well, um, look, uh, New South Wales is one of our most populous states, uh, populous states and um, the laws and, and standards that are often set in New South Wales set the standard across the country. As electric vehicles uh, increase in their take-up and their rollout, we very much support that from a climate action perspective. I think though governments do need to uh, make sure that they're bringing along with it the infrastructure, the technical support, even the safety standards and understanding that will be needed around a highly electrified uh, future. So, for example, in Sydney, car parks under apartment blocks will need to be converted to charging stations. These come with enormous risk. We've seen um, the sort of fires that can happen in the battery storage and the charging facilities, which are very dangerous. Fire brigades can't often extinguish them with, with normal types of uh, fire suppressants and the like. So they are throwing up a whole range of challenges for us. And insurers will need to work hand in glove with government on the standards and the pace and the rollout of these things to make sure that they don't exceed it. We're seeing increasingly around 
Sydney uh, fires that are starting in homes from people charging their electric scooters, their electric golf buggies and the like in the garage, and the batteries simply overheat and, and start a fire. So th- th- there, there are issues that we need to grapple with and address here. And I think in terms of electric vehicles, even just the day-to-day smash repairs uh, and the like that are increasing as, as the fleet increases, the technical skills to repair these cars are, are very different from combustion engines. They're not very prevalent in regional areas, for example, so the cars need to be brought all the way back to Sydney. But there is a whole raft of challenges as we as we turn over this fleet, and I think we can do it at pace, but we're going to need to make sure that we're acquiring and, and upskilling and understanding the safety standards around all this. Mm. Have you been seeing an uptick then recently in these fires you talk about at people's homes when they're trying to charge these cars and, and battery stations? Is that is that becoming a serious problem? Yes, insurers are reporting that, and, and, and I think the more concerning aspect of it is the type of fire it produces is a, a very dangerous one that can't just be extinguished with water, for example. So um, we do need to think very carefully around um, what are the future safety standards, particularly in strata buildings when, when we'll be having potentially multiple batteries or charging stations in a lower-level basement car park. How do you access that area if a fire breaks out and what do you need to do to extinguish it? So we're not alone in this problem globally. Uh, I think we need to be connected to international standards and studies that are happening in this space to make sure that our buildings... And, and requirements keep pace with, with the changing uh, technology we're living with now. So what do you see as your, your main message then to the competing forces in this upcoming election? Well, we are really concerned about affordability and availability and insurers are doing all they can to keep uh, the inflationary effects down on insurance premiums. But in, in New South Wales, a state that has experienced nearly all the natural perils of the last four or five years from bushfires to floods to mouse plagues, you know, you name it, it's happened in New South Wales. Um, We've had a very uh, exposed period and and a lot of damage. Insurance is critically important for this economy. It enables development, it enables people to buy homes and um, get on with their businesses. But we've got to make sure it remains available and affordable. And it's just simply unsustainable that the, the, how we're taxing insurance and then and then how we're thinking about some of the changes we need in, in, our, in our state more broadly across Australia and how insurance will respond. Andrew Hall, thanks for talking with IB Talk. My pleasure. And Andrew Hall is the CEO of the Insurance Council of Australia. Thank you for listening to IB Talk. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts.